Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 5. It reads, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation." Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like a transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man Jesus Christ." Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also must reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So here in chapter 5, we've once again moved forward in Paul's argument. And before we were contrasting faith and the law, and now we see that he has another contrast that he wants us to see, the contrast between the death that came in Adam and the life that comes in Christ. So Ursula, help us to see how this furthers our understanding of the gospel as we look at this contrast that he has for us here in chapter 5. Yeah, this chapter is really contrasting how one man's deeds affects many. And we have Adam who came into the world and he sinned and brought sin into humankind, right? It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, he didn't originate sin. Sin originated with Satan, right? But what he did is he brought it into human existence, into the human body, and then spread throughout humankind, right? And we're contrasting that with verse 17 that says, because of one man's trespass brought death, and death reigned through that one man, that's Adam, that we just talked about, much more will those who receive abundance and grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through one man, Jesus Christ. Here we have. One man's deeds affects many. The deeds of Adam brought in sin, and the deeds of Christ and the perfect life that he led 
gives righteousness to those who believe and are justified by faith. Again, apart from the law. And that's why in this passage, if we jump back to the beginning, it talks about God's love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the salvation piece that starts everything else. When we try to gain that by ourselves, when we try to look for that in any other way, it's not going to happen. And it's so good and it's so freeing for us to know that our salvation is not dependent upon us keeping a certain level or doing enough to gain God's love, but it's in what he's done, in what Christ has done for us. But I also think there's some other sections in here that when we think about how amazing this reversal is of what Christ did, that sometimes people can misinterpret what is happening and what's being said. And so I specifically see some people with things like verse 18, where it says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. We would say that when Adam sinned, now all people live in sin. And now we say Jesus has died on the cross. Does that mean all people are going to heaven? Help us see what Paul is saying here and help us to really wrestle with what that is. Looking at verse 18 again, that's so good to really think through that because it is kind of confusing when we look at that word all. Does it mean all? Well, what it means is we have to go back through what we've already learned in the other chapters, right? And the other chapters are that it's faith through belief in Jesus Christ and his saving works. But it's not just that. It's also being obedient and aligning ourselves with what he says that it's actually true. Because the demons believe and they shudder. And so I can believe Jesus. Yeah, that's cool. He was alive. He was a man. Yeah, I'm good. Well, if you're not aligning yourself, if you're not in love with Christ and you don't see yourself as a sinner in need of his salvation, that is not going to motivate you to be obedient to him at all. And the demons aren't obedient. They have no love of Christ. They hate him, right? And so is it for all men? Yes, all who believe and have faith in Christ. I love how you've made us see this in the context of what Paul has been saying. And so it's important for us to understand, hey, everybody has the opportunity to then respond as you have said, to respond rightly to what has been revealed. We go back to Romans 1 for that. You are held accountable for what God has revealed to you. You have this ability to have that sin in your life reversed because of what Jesus has done. It is there truly for all people, but that doesn't mean that it's just blanketly now pasted over all people to say that, yes, it's all free, it's all forgiven, do whatever you want. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in, that they don't want to have consequences for their sin or their actions, other things like that. Why would somebody look into the scriptures to some point and say, well, here, I've got this verse that says this, and say, great. Don't judge me. I can do whatever I want. Jesus died for my sins, and I can get to heaven. Why would somebody want to do something like that? It's so easy for us, and we all do it at some level, at some time in our life, where we don't really want to be accountable, and we don't really want to 
have Christ reign over our lives. If you go back into this verse, verse 5, you know, it says in 17, death reigned through Adam. But it says that grace reigns and righteousness reigns eternally through Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.14, it talks about how the love of Christ controls us. Why? Why does it control us? Because we've concluded this, that one's died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves. But why? But for what? For him who for their sake died and was raised. I conclude in my heart my desperate, desperate need for Christ, my desperate need for his atonement for my sin, because I cannot fulfill the works of the law, as it said. If I fulfilled the works of the law perfectly, I wouldn't even need Christ. But no one can do that, not one, right? But I realize he died. I deserve that death. And that love controls me. And I want to fulfill, actually, the law because of that. And right there at the end of chapter 5, it said, so that as sin reigned in death, grace might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I desire for righteousness, being right before the Lord to reign in me. I want to submit myself to him. I want to love him. I don't want cheap grace. Somebody who says, yeah, Jesus died for me. I'm set. I've got my fire insurance. Really? I would ask you, do you really love him? Does the love of Christ control you? Are you considering all that he's really done? And if you're not, I implore you to do so. He loves you. He is drawing you to himself. You can know him in such a deep and wonderful way. He can change you. And the law will be an external expression of an inward heart condition. Man, I love how you've taken us to other parts of scripture, but also shown us, hey, even in the context of what's happening here, this is really what he's talking about. Because people are going to pull verses out of context all the time. The longer you talk with people about the Bible, the more you're going to find people who are holding anchors on these small verses that sometimes are misrepresented or sometimes don't really mean what they think they mean and sometimes actually mean the exact opposite of what they think they mean. And so this verse is one of those. It's not saying that everyone is now going to heaven because of what Jesus did. Everyone has that opportunity, but as you've shown us here again, it's about the response that we are able to have. And 2 Corinthians really demonstrated that, that we've now been freed to obey and to love and to follow what God has done for us so that the grace may abound and multiply as he has here in Romans chapter 5. And so I heard it a long time ago, a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. It's a funny way of just saying like, you can try to find anything in the Bible and pull it out of its context and try to march and trumpet yourself into saying what you want it to be. But the discerning person is going to go back through and look at that, understand what's happening around it, 
What else does the scriptures say? The totality of the teaching of scriptures, does it line up with that? And then make their decision of how they rightly respond to that. And so hopefully that's what you are doing each day as you listen to this, taking what we're talking about, sifting it through the lenses of scripture, making sure that what we are saying is accurate with those things. And when you come up with places where you have questions, that you're finding it with the community of believers that you're studying with, that you're learning and growing each day. Know today you were loved. You're